This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A Frenchman, a Portuguese, an Algerian, an Englishman and a German all walk out of a bar and two Croatians and an Englishman walk into one. No, it's not the beginning of a joke, but just a small potential part of city's busiest summer in seven years. It's Monday, the 19th of June. I'm Andrew Detmer. I'm Joe Ritchie. And this is the City Report Podcast. Unbelievable! Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6. It's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. Welcome back, everyone. Glad you're tuning in today. Joe. Yesterday in the United States was uh, you know, Father's Day, and while you and I don't have children, we are dog dads and homeowners, so I presume that in addition to celebrating your father, uh, you engaged in uh, dad-like activities because being a dad is a state of mind, not necessarily a biological <laughs> or legal determination. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got to spend uh, some time. I, I grilled some, some lunch for my family. Uh, my dad had never had anyone grill on his grill before, so... Uh, that felt like a massive responsibility, and I, I can confidently say I knocked it out of the park and then, uh, yeah, spent some time with my pup and did some things around the house. So, yeah, the, I think the only thing that was missing was, like, some new balances and some, like, high, like, white mid-calf socks. Valid. Yeah, I uh, I mowed the lawn, so I was not rocking the white uh, new balances because, you know, yeah. you want to get the, uh, the grass stains on those uh, white new balances, but, uh, you know, made a Costco run, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, chatted to some people who were looking at the house behind us uh, as it's for sale and talked to them about the, you know, the, the neighborhood and different A good neighborhood, and, man. Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You know, so just living that dream. Um, but obviously, uh, you know, we're more now than a week on from winning a treble, which is still wild. Um, and if you haven't listened to all of our coverage of what it was like to win a treble, how we all celebrated it, um, those are all available in your feed. Go back and listen to them. Highly recommend. There's some great content in there. I know there was tons of content all across the city pod, 
Cast Landscape last week. So if you missed one of them, they're evergreen content. You can absolutely go back. Particularly, I would highly recommend our episode from Thursday where Alex Brotherton and Amos Murphy broke down the experience of being a fan at the final. Um, you know, obviously, those of us uh, abroad were not there for the most part. Um, and while we were able to comfortably and easily watch it from the comfort of our local pub or our own couch, uh, that was not the experience of many fans, and uh, it's an important issue and some pretty harrowing stuff. Um, you know, hours without access to water, toilets, you know, standing, inability to be able to walk um, to places due to lack of appropriate kind of infrastructure. So it's an important thing to kind of learn about if you haven't heard about it and make sure that we kind of talk about it because it's something that shouldn't ever happen again. Um and kind of on the opposite of the seriousness of uh, what happened um, at around the fan experience at UEFA, um, in terms of that being a serious issue, we're talking about the least serious thing when it comes to sports uh, transfers and you know trades and all of the nonsense of fans thinking that they're going to get you know this player or this player, and it's just we're in silly season. We're in prime yes. silly season now, Joe. Yeah, no, we definitely are, and. I, I am um, certainly guilty of loving silly season. I spend too much time, you know, put putting together, you know, 22 man squads and hypotheticals. And um, it's, it's probably borderline unhealthy. But I think today, you know, we're not going to be, you know, looking at the, the crazy Mbappe transfers of the world. You know, we, we will keep it realistic here to what's been reported and what some options are. But I think um, it's especially with the Premier League spending power the way that it is now. I mean, you're seeing moves and rumors that we would have never thought would have been the case to even, you know, two, three years ago. So, um, yeah, silly season's in full force and uh, we better buckle up for it. Well, I mean, it's I, I hadn't even thought of this until I was listening to a podcast talking about um, our erstwhile Frenchman Mbappe, um, talking about how, you know, he really wanted them to sign Skamaka. And West Ham was able to outbid PSG. And, you know, PSG is state-owned and has, you know, all the blah, 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 blah. They, you know, can ruin football. But, like, they couldn't beat out West Ham, who were a top-half side last year, or I guess two years ago now that we finished the season. I was going to say, fighting relegation last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, you know, the budgets, the wages, everything kind of going on in England is on a totally different scale as compared to kind of elsewhere. So you are seeing it, although... You know, as we've seen, and we're going to talk about a little bit throughout this, Saudi Arabia has really kind of changed the game um, for a lot of these older players, players that are Muslim or of Arabic descent um, or, you know, African descent who maybe have some reasons to not be as hesitant to go there. And we're seeing, you know, you know, Ruben Neves apparently is about to uh, be acquired for a 55 million pound transfer fee from Wolves. And, um, you know, you've already seen all the big stars like Benzema that are going to be going there. So it's a, there's definitely some interesting, I think turns that we haven't seen as compared to the past couple summers when there wasn't anyone besides the premier league with money to throw around. And I think Mm -hmm. that may not be the case this summer. So I think we're probably going to see a little bit more movement. Hence the reference in the opening of, I think we're going to see a lot of outgoings. I don't know that city will bring in as many, but to me, this feels as consequential of a summer since the first full summer under Pep kind of after we have the 15, 16 season. And when you have, you know, Walker, 
Stones, like all these players start coming in and suddenly really changing the game. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be... Um, it's interesting too, because it feels like the past few seasons, obviously City have been very successful, but there's always been these rumors of certain players wanting out. Sometimes it's been one to two players. Sometimes it's been two, three, four. Um, but I think this summer feels a little different in that it's a combination of, you know, certainly players that have been wanting moves regardless. You know, you're looking at a Cancelo, a, a Bernardo to a slightly lesser extent Laporte. But then you're also looking at a situation where City just won the treble. And a lot of these players have been under Pep for many, many years. Who's a very, you know, he'll admit it himself, a very demanding manager. Um, and I think there's a lot of potential moves that I think we as fans can probably justify a lot easier than we could have in the past. Um, and, and, you know, as a result, City were already having a pretty small, thin squad. So they're going to have to reinvest. They're going to have to bring in new players. They're going to have to look to the academy. I, th- I think it's going to be the most, um, the, the busiest transfer window we've had under Pep by far, both in terms of ingoings and outgoings. Yeah. And it, it's as much as you say, you know, players are looking at it from like, well, Pep's really demanding. Maybe it's time to move on. Now we're going to trouble. It's also from Pep and the club's perspective, they've got to bring in people who want to work under Pep, who are hungry so that right. we don't see a drop off, that the club doesn't kind of stagnate because it would probably be pretty easy for a lot of these players to say, in what world do I need to do anything ever again? I won the trouble. Right. Um, so it, I, it's definitely going to be interesting. So the way we're going to do this, we're going to kind of work for, uh, forward. We're skipping past goalkeeper because I just don't see any reason to discuss it because I'm pretty confident we're going to be rolling. I mean, unless somebody comes in with like a 40 million pound bid for uh, Ortega, like he's right. going to stay and be our backup probably one more year. Scott Carson's already signed and Ederson's going nowhere. So right. we can move past that. So we're going to start with the back line and address some news that dropped pretty late on Friday. Um, that Kyle Walker to Bayern Munich uh, is a pretty, I don't want to say like solid bet, but like basically like it probably is going to happen. Um which is hilarious because our other kind of quote unquote right back is also already there. So that I'm sure we're going to talk about a little bit, Joe, but yeah. Well, how'd you, how'd you react when you see Kyle Walker to Bayern Munich? Um, immediately I was surprised. I, I wasn't surprised that Kyle was looking at a move away. I was surprised that it was out of England. Um, I figured that if he were to leave, it would be to Sheffield United, his, his former, um, boyhood club it just felt like you know they just got promotion in the Premier League he's obviously been filling a leadership role at City but it felt like he'd be a, a really key member of that that dressing room um, obviously would play as long as he's healthy pretty much every match um, yes it would take him out of Europe but it just felt like at 33 it's the right it, it could have been the right move um, now that's not to say that Bayern isn't I, I, I took some time to obviously you know digest it and I think it makes a lot of sense for both parties. Um, Kyle can stay in Europe, compete for every trophy that that Bayern are looking at. Um, you know, they're seeing a bit of a shakeup in their back line right now, anyways. Um, Lucas Hernandez probably on his way out. Pavard maybe on his way out. Um, obviously, Cancelo, no one really knows. Um, so it feels like there's a, a real opportunity for Kyle to go in there, and you know, he, I think he prides himself on his fitness. So I don't think it's a scenario where. He's only going to offer them one season. I think he could do two, three high-level seasons for Bayern. So it makes a lot of sense for me. It's really just a matter of what can City get out of it from Bayern. Um, it's a again a thirty-three-year-old who has one year left on his deal. I don't think they can afford to get greedy. But what do you, what do you think is a, a realistic uh, amount that they should be looking for? 
I mean, I think anything beyond like 15 million, I, like I would be ecstatic about like, that's, I, I know people are like, Kyle has been a great servant of the club. He has been just an outstanding right back for us and has done so much. I mean, you know, the way he pocketed Vinicius, but the flip side is also, he only probably played in that Madrid game because Ake was hurt. Like, yeah. I get that there's a matchup, but like Bayern had pretty pacey wingers too. And right. we rolled out with our four center back lineup and it handled it just fine. Fair. And, you know, I think Pep was worried about playing um, Ake in the FA Cup because he wanted to save him for the Champions League. And so, yeah, Walker gets to start there. But I, I, I don't, I mean, I truly think that Kyle probably was at best second choice, if not, I mean, actually, I think he was at best third choice right back because it was Stones and Akanji were going to be like the first choice before him. And then I think probably start of next season, Rico would definitely be ahead of him. And so I think logistically it makes sense to move Kyle on. I think the Bundesliga is a good fit for Kyle because Mm -hmm. he can prolong his career because as much as he is in good shape, City do limit how much he trains each week and like don't put like they recognize that at his age he just isn't going to be like he can't train five days a week anymore. Right, he's not Mister Reliable and, like he used to be. Yeah, and so it's uh, the Bundesliga is a you know a different type of football, and we'll see. I, I think he will see a longer career than if he tried to stay around England. And I totally get the like romantic desire of like going back to Sheffield, but like. I think he's still too good to go to that level. Yeah. Um, he's absolutely still a Champions League level right back, just not in City's kind of new version of the team. And so, yeah, go to Bayern. And as much as I don't particularly love that club, I am I will happily root for him to do well uh, domestically in Germany and in the Champions League as long as they are not playing us. So, Yeah, well said. Um, but, you know, with that, so if he leaves, how do you view kind of the right back? Is it, you know, Stones, Akanji, and, you know, Rico? Like, is that the is that kind of our right back pool? Yeah, it, you know, it's tricky. Um, I, I wish, if, if I could ask Pep any question right now, it's definitely, are you sticking with this three at the back, you know, box system in midfield? Because with the amount of incomings and outgoings this summer that we're expecting, you know, I'd like to think that our, our transfers in are going to dictate what the system's going to be for the next few years. If it's this box midfield, you know, you're probably looking at targeting someone a little bit more like a Benjamin Pavard, uh, maybe a Joshua Kimmich, um, players of those nature who can play centrally, but also as far as, you know, center back for Pavard, but then a, a Kimmich who can play out wide, but also tuck into midfield. Um, but if Pep's, you know, if that was just a way to get through the season with the personnel that he had, and he's looking to you know change that up a little bit. Um, you know, I think there's there's a need for an out and out right back. Now, I'm not saying a wing back. You know, a, a player that's playing, you know, a, a well maybe not the last few months, but a Trent Alexander Arnold bombing up and down the wings type role. But someone that's going to stick out wide. You know, they're going to defend your best winger. I mean, Kyle Walker is for my money the best one on one defender in world football. Out wide, obviously. I mean, so I think it, I don't know they say he's the best defender in world football because I actually think the reason that we went to a four center back is those guys are all better at defending in space than Kyle is. 
Kyle isn't good at defending. He's just so quick that he gets around guys and takes the ball off them, which is absolutely part of defending, but right. it is not necessarily like the same way. And also that's going to be the thing that like when his speed goes, it's just going to go. Right. It'll, it'll have a, which is why I think this deal again, makes sense for all parties at this time. But again, I think we're going to find out a lot this summer, especially as more um, targets kind of pop up in, in the rumor mill of what Pep's looking to do next season. Um, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. There's, there's a handful of right backs out there. There's a handful of center backs that could play this kind of John Stone's Akanji role, but I do think that you need to replace Kyle Walker. Um, it's just, again, hard to answer with what type of player, because we don't know what Pep's thinking. I think Rico will get more minutes next year, but I'd be hesitant to say he's going to make a big, big jump in terms of minutes. Um, unless, you know, we're looking at catastrophic injuries. So, I mean, I I do think though, that to, as much as you say like, oh, what system are you playing? I just can't imagine that this is not the system we're rolling with because it won. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely destroyed every team we came into. Number one. Number two, everything Pep talked about post Champions League final, like why we won, he's like, oh, we have four defenders who can actually defend. Right. Like I and just, I, th- I think that's he has realized that in order for the system to work up front the way that he wants to, I think particularly with Holland, where you lose a midfielder, right? He wants four pure defenders kind of back there, and then with Stones, he can kind of flex it a little bit because John Stones is an absolute freak. Um, but I also so think I, what I would what I'd counter that with just to play devil's advocate is the beauty of Pep city is that they've never played the same setup. Like they've always been fluid, right? Because not every game is going to be against a real Madrid. There's going to be plenty of games earlier in the season that you're playing. You know, for example, they start the season against Burnley. Burnley's not real Madrid. You don't need to set up that same way. So you don't need to be as reliant on the same set of players. I just want to, I'd love to see a scenario where they can bring in again, a player who's more of a fullback that can defend than a, a center back who can play out wide, I, I guess is what, what I'd like yeah. to see. I mean, I, I think, and this is a, probably a good place to transition to kind of the next topic of the back line. Um, of why I actually think that we probably aren't going to replace, like Kyle Walker doesn't have a replacement on the right. His body replacement is uh, Gavardiol. And you're just going to have five center backs and Rico for four slots or on the back line. So you have six players for four slots. Um, so Ake, have... Fardiol, Diesh, Stones, Akanji, and Lewis is your six? Yep. That's, that's, I mean, I think I can see that being the way that we roll because that means only two get left out. You can rotate pretty easily. Almost all of them minus Diesh are actually very flexible of where you can play. Like they can play two positions. Right. So you can kind of just like figure out like, okay, so what do we need for this game? And if you need a little more traditional right back, I think Rico can actually do that. And that's a way to right. probably get him some minutes. Um, I also think that's now, why you keep Gomez around. If he's willing to stick around, which is what's being reported, there's no harm in having a player like that around. If he's your third choice left back, when you really have a left back, perfect. Yeah. He's the, he's the, he's the seventh defender. Like that's fine. Right. right. And he seems to be like a good dude. He was having fun at the parade. Everyone liked him. Like, yeah, I think that and he wants works. to fight for his position. He's putting up like Zinchenko vibes in that sense. He doesn't need to be your best left back. He doesn't need to be your second best left back. But no. when push comes to shove and this, you know, matches are coming thick and fast, it's good to have that depth. Yeah. And he just offers something totally different that none of the other people do. Cause to be fair, he's just not actually a left back. Um, <laughs> right. But 
to someone who kind of is a left back, but is also a left center back, uh, Joseph Guardiol. Um, I assume many slash most of our listeners will know uh, about Guardiol because he kind of was Mr. Uh, everything, the, the hot new thing at the World Cup. And then Messi uh, did messy things and ended him a little bit, <laughs> but should not detract from kind of who he is. Um, but right now he is a left-sided center back with RB Leipzig, also kind of left back for them, very kind of flexible athletic player. Um, he's six foot one, 181 pounds, very fast, very physical, really good at defending, really good on the ball and good with his feet, which is something you have to be to be a, a pet midfielder. He's in above that like 83rd percentile, basically in every part of passing. Mm-hmm. Um, he also is a very highly competent kind of offensive weapon for a center back because he's in the 90th percentile for non-penalty goals generated for non-penalty XG, uh, his non-penalty XG plus expected uh, assists is 87 percentile. He creates about a shot a game by himself, which is not bad for a left back slash center back kind of person. Um, I'm so excited by this, Joe. I don't know how you feel. Like, are you, are you kind of like, Oh, he's a really good player, but like, like, where do you fall on this? Yeah. I, I, I think he's a very special player. I think, um, obviously there's been conversations around, you know, the fee, right. And it being rumored from anywhere from, I've seen 85 to a hundred million euros. Um, he's, you know, this is a player who's 21 years old. World's at his feet. He could be anything in football. Um, contract till 2027. Leipzig have every right to ask for 85 to a hundred million in my opinion. Um, and I think for probably 95% of teams in world football, that fee doesn't make sense, even if they could in theory afford it. But I think for city, it's worth the payment because he can be anything in this side, especially as we talk about the system, right? He can play that left center back role. Um, he can play that left back role. He, he can step into midfield. He relishes being on the ball actually a lot. He, he's better on the ball than this player, but almost in the way that Kyle Walker does where anytime he doesn't have the ball, he's, he's screaming out, he's putting his hands out, you know, looking to get the ball. And, and that's something, a trait that Pep obviously loves. Um, you know, he's, he's strong in the aerial duel. Um, I just think he has so much to offer and, and grow upon. And, you know, you watch him now and you, you could already make the argument. He's a top, I guess, negatively saying top 10 center back, positively, maybe top five on his day. Um, so I, I'm all in on it. I guess, obviously the only caveat to that is it's, it's contingent upon Americ Laporte. You're not bringing in Vardiol if Laporte sticks around, you're just not. Well, I mean, absolutely. But I actually, I don't think it's contingent because there's just no world where Amrick Laporte is still with City by the end of the summer. Um, he, like, the fee it will cost to move him and he is not as limited in where he wants to go. Right. And his there's contract, a market like, for him. Yeah, there's, there's a market for him in the way that there isn't for Bernardo, who we'll talk about a little bit later. So, like, I, Laporte, you can just, like, scratch him off. Like, he his time is done at City for me, barring like some wild change events, I just, it would stun me if he was mm-hmm. still there. Um, and then for me, the way I look at Guardiola, like I get your point about like, it's a lot of money, but if you look at what, you know, I think a lot of people have said it'll probably be around 80 million euros um, to bring in Guardiola. 
So he's 21 years old and you're paying that much for him. McGuire was older when he was 87 million euros. Delict was, I think, a little bit older, or maybe he was around that age. Um, 85. Van Dyke was much older at right. 84.65 million. And Fofana uh, and to Chelsea, and then Lucas Hernandez also around that 80 million euro mark. Like, Guardiola is has far more potential and ability than any of those players. Like he's the best defender of the next generation, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, so it's basically what city are potentially doing here is instead of letting him go to uh, another club, that's like a jump up. I mean, I don't know that there's as many clubs to jump from like Leipzig to city. Mm-hmm. Whereas like with Van Dyke, he goes from Celtic to Southampton and then to Liverpool, but it's right. basically getting Celtic Van Dyke where he has all this potential and ability and probably could have made the jump to a top Premier League side much sooner, right. but he didn't. So you're spending roughly equivalent amounts, even though because we're way more inflated in the transfer market, it's actually probably a better deal. You are getting more years out of that player at that fee. And right. he, like I said, you know, you can flex him and Ake between who is the left back and who is the left center back. You know, he, I think, probably is a little bit of a better passer than Ake based on the numbers. Definitely, definitely, um, yeah. And so I think it just it it adds more depth on the left side, gives us more flexibility across. Because now you don't have to if Ake goes down, it's not okay. We have to pull a Kanje off the right and over. Right. Like okay, no Gavardio's there. Um, he can fill in. Like to me, it's, it's just also, it's a. Go ahead. I was just gonna, it's it's also just like confirmation that Manchester City Football Club just fucking hate left backs. Like they just hate the left back position. Just doesn't exist. I well, I I just think I think Pep Guardiola has evolved football away from fullbacks. Yeah, yeah, no, certainly. Like he he's realized that like I don't need I don't need them. Like mm-hmm. I can design a system that does not rely upon, which kind of is great because there are far more really good center backs than 100%. there are right backs or left backs. Yep, well said. Because I mean, like what Teo Hernandez. I mean, he probably could play for it, but he's going to cost as much, if not more, than Guardiola and is nowhere near the defender. Yeah, coming off an ACL, too? No, thank you. Yeah, yeah, you just don't know what, what they could oh, be. Oh, sorry, so you said Teo, not Lucas. Yeah, sorry, yeah. not Lucas. Yeah, Teo, the actual left back. Left back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not the center back that the French national team plays at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, to me, Gavardiol is absolutely the guy. Um, and we are going to have a podcast coming out later this week that goes a little bit more in-depth on Gavardiol, his background, um, you know, how he will affect. But, yeah, Joe and I are very excited, and you should absolutely tune in that episode, and we will be too. Um, and with that, we're going to take a short break and come back and talk about a little bit further up the pitch. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. If you haven't yet subscribed, please do. It makes it a lot easier for you to find our episodes rather than having to go hunt them down yourself or see them come on Twitter. Um, And when you're subscribing, please go ahead and uh, leave a review. Give us five stars. However, the platform you like to listen listen to us on allows you to provide feedback because that feedback, A, means the world to us. B, helps other blues find this podcast because it'll show up higher in their feed. And also, you're you're paying it forward. You're doing a good thing for the world, and we really appreciate that. Um, And then also... Follow us across social media at City Report Pod on all the platforms. Um, we're going to have some really great stuff coming next season. So if you follow everywhere, you're going to get to see all of it. 
And with that, Joe, let's move into midfield, which, um, you know, it's only been a week since the Champions League final, but I also kind of felt like we would know at this point what Ilkay Gundogan was going to do. And uh, we don't. So we're kind of in Gundo limbo. And uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't like being in Gundo limbo. I want um, to be in Gundogan extends at City camp uh, like yesterday. Um, it's 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 stressful. I'll be honest. It's it's the one thing. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of rumors about ins and outs at this team, but this is the one thing that really is unnerving me at the moment. Um, I just think that Gundogan, where there's likely to be so much turnover, he's the exact type of player that you'd want to keep around both on and off the pitch. He's your captain. He's been, you know, the longest serving player under Pep. He is coming off the back of a season where, I mean, he single-handedly probably won you two trophies um, in, in the FA Cup and really uh, towards the end of the Premier League. So there's, to me, there's no reason to say, mm, I, could, I, could, I could see him going. I, I, I guess it makes sense. People are playing the, well, he's won it all as a captain. I, I don't care. I'd like to see him do it again. Um, yeah. that's what winning teams do. They retain their best players. And to me, it's, it shouldn't be about length of contract, um, obviously within reason. But, you know, if you're talking about one versus two years, you know, come on, that, that's, that's not, we're that talking a couple, a couple case. million dollars. Like, it's right. Not... Right. Um, and there's going to be a market for him regardless if something were to go wrong. But yeah, my hope is that we hear something soon because there's also talks about, well, if Kundo doesn't extend, City are going to make a pursuit of Declan Rice, who Arsenal are he- heavily pursuing. So there's this domino effect that really starts with Gundogan that has a huge impact on the most important part of the pitch, uh, you know, with Pep. So I'm, I'm yeah, nervous. For me, my, for me, my preferred outcomes are Gundo stays, Gundo leaves, we remain in Gundo limbo. Like in terms of like the places I'm okay <laughs> yeah. being, like yeah, yeah. this is the place I don't want to be in because City report for the preseason tour a month from now like we Mm got to get guys in the door right and so if you're like like Ilkay I love you man you literally lifted the treble for us and you kind of won two of the three trophies for us on your own so we're cool I appreciate everything but you gotta like he's on the right to, to pick where he wants to go but like soon please (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, I, like by the end of the, honestly, like if I'm City, I would tell him like either you've signed your extension that we've given you by the end of this week, or that extension's not there anymore. Like we're moving on to a new player because we just right. can't, we can't wait around for you. Um, yeah. And so you know, so that's one of the midfield pieces moving. You've also got, you know, Bernardo has wanted to leave for three summers now. Has <laughs> never been able to get the move just because no one could afford to bring him. I still don't know that anyone can, but the one thing that I think changes that, because I think he actually would be a great purchase for them if this whole sequence happens. But if Mbappe does basically get shoved out the door at PSG because they refuse to lose him on a free next summer, like that's probably at least 120 to 150 million that Real Madrid would have to pay for him. Um, Cause that's the More only club that. I think he would agree yeah. to go to. Um, and so suddenly they would have the money, you know, is Paris uh, the Iberian Peninsula? No, but it's closer. And maybe it's more like he's probably okay with that move if he really does want to get out of, um, you know, England. And so if that happens, like 
that probably is the move. And to your point about like, we could have a lot of change. It would suck if Gundo and Bernardo both left, but also right. I do think there comes a point with a player like Bernardo, who as great as he has been for us, despite wanting to leave, we kind of just eventually have to let him leave because it's going to get awkward otherwise. Yeah. And like, I absolutely hate PSG with everything in me. So to see one of the, the most likable players at city go there would suck. But from a purely football perspective, I mean, he could easily, well, I shouldn't say easily. He could fill the positional setup that Messi offered PSG. And they're about to appoint Luis Enrique as their next manager, who you'd like to think would do wonders with Bernardo Silva. So I think it does make a lot of sense. And to your point, there's not much of a market otherwise. Um, I don't see any Champions League level teams in Spain targeting him. And other than that, I I just don't think he's going to go back to Portugal yet. So it sounds like it's probably PSG or bust. It's just a matter of, you know, what do City feel comfortable as his selling fee being? Um, yeah. And I, I think and that'll get figured out. Yeah. And so, you know, we haven't touched much on Kovacic here just because he's been talked about a fair bit and that whole deal kind of seems wrapped up. But for you, Joe, if Gundo stays, do we need another midfielder beyond Kovacic, in your opinion? If, if Gundogan stays... And, and Kovacic comes in no on the understanding that Phil Foden's a midfielder, which is what's heavily being reported. I think it's just we need significant investment in the wing positions. That's where yeah, you know, the implications are. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that, that you we probably don't need another midfielder. Um, I think everything to do with Rice is if Gundogan leaves, he's the Rice guy. Um, right. I, I see so many City fans talk about Declan Rice of like, oh, he's a, he's a six. I'm like, he's not a six. Like he not absolutely no, I mean not for City, but he's not even a six for West Ham. Like he's a box to box midfielder, um, right. and I I actually think all of the complaints that people have about like oh he's slow to turn. Um, it's funny because he idolizes Yaya Torre, and in so many ways his game resembles him. Like and yeah, Yaya he, was never a six. That's just yeah, not how no. how his game was. He's absolutely like he would absolutely. I'm not saying he's like a pure like free eight for City, but he's absolutely a like further forward midfielder than a six if he comes to city. And I think he would be a perfect replacement if we lost um, Gundo. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously he's going to be very expensive, but um, yes. I think a pretty, it, it would be a very good move both because I think he'd be good at city and then also uh, Arsenal and or other clubs that could benefit from him don't. Yes. Um, and then finally, as you mentioned, kind of investment in wingers, we got the uh, quote leak or, you know, kind of report that Pep has basically been like, I don't want pacey dynamic wingers coming out, um, which I think is the answer to everyone's question of like, oh, you know, City need to buy, a, you know, Rafael Leao or they need to bring back Sané or like, it's not going to happen. Pep doesn't right. want them. Like, he does not care uh, what people think of like, oh, you need this like type of change up player or someone to stretch. That's just, I mean, one, we rarely have a position on the field where a dynamic winger actually will help because of how packed in defenses are. So right. like we, we just, we need people who can actually like pass through a defense. We don't need Holland's someone. Holland's basically that, that outlet for us now. It's just through yeah. the middle instead of out wide. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. And frankly, uh, in order to match Holland's skill sets, we need people that can put the ball on a plate for him more than we need people who can also stretch, right. You know, the defense. Uh, but one of the interesting things is that there is a lot of smoke around Riyad Mahrez to Saudi Arabia. Um, and, you know, we're like I mentioned, Ruben Neves is moving 55 million. 
they're obviously targeting certain players that they think they can get for not absurd transfer fees, but like mm-hmm. not insubstantial. Um, so would you sell him? And how much would it take for you to be okay if you're, you know, cheeky and you're sitting there and you've got an offer from Saudi Arabia to buy Riyad Mahrez? And then how would like how or who would you replace him with? Yeah, so this is probably the player of the possible outgoings who I would sell. Um, how, how do I want to phrase this? I wouldn't sell until there's a replacement signed. Because if you bring in, it, there's going to be a need at the right wing position uh, or just the right side of the pitch. Kyle Walker potentially gone. Bernardo Silva potentially gone. Cole Palmer potentially out on loan. So that whole right side's opening up. So why would you risk selling Riyad Mahrez, who has two years left on his deal, who's voiced interest in, you know, retiring at City, who says he wants to stay in the Premier League? Granted, this was, you know, in the in the last year or so. Why would you sell him until you have a ready-made replacement? Um, you don't have to contractually. Um, may he put up a bit of a fight and and you know some of those no sad faces as Pep says maybe, but don't put yourself in a situation where. James McAtee is your starting right winger. So would I sell him? Yes, um, because I think there's a, an opportunity with Saudi Arabia to recoup, you know, 50, 55% of the fee that you signed him for, um, but not until you have a ready-made replacement. Now, you said who or what. I can't say who because there's been nothing in the market or nothing in the in the media. I, I haven't seen anything other than, you know, maybe Nico Williams at Bilbao, but that. He's not ready-made. So I think what it's, it's a player who is probably a little bit more of Cole Palmer with discipline who can, you know, attack defenders when needed can go centrally when needed, but is far more composed on the ball retains possession. Um, and, and there's just not many players like that in the market. We talked about the fullback market. There's not many elite right wingers out there um, that aren't under a long-term contract or, don't fit city's model. So it, you mentioned you don't want to be in a spot where James McAtee is your right winger. But let me make my a starting right winger. But okay, hear me out though. There are very few people in world football that can play the right wing and midfield the way that Bernardo has for us, right? If you look at James McAtee's Underlying numbers, he is one of the few people that can actually do that. And I think we might be walking to a situation where the replacement for Bernardo and the replacement for Mares is actually the same guy, and it's James McAtee. Yeah, that's and a yeah, he's 20. I, I'm not saying that you, like, if you lose both of those players, you're absolutely bringing in a body in one of those positions, either midfield or wing. But I actually think that James McAtee, if you watch him play, Last season, the dude's ready for Premier League football. 100%. And, and he, having grown up in City's Academy, I think is actually more likely to be able to come in in his first season and impact the team in a way that it's signing who has no familiarity with the way we play ever will. And so <laughs> while I'm not a play the kids person ordinarily, um, I think... W- like I'm kind of all in on the James McAtee may start like 20 to 25 games next season. And like, that's and, like city are bringing comps? him back and huh? In all comps. Yeah. I, and potentially even more in all comps. Like I think, like I think he could make a massive jump the way Phil did at 
kind of a similar ish age, but McAtee went and got two or got, you know, basically a full season of experience against a far more physical kind of set of defenders and league and did really, really well. Yeah. It's a big jump. That's a big, it's a big big jump, jump. but we're not, I love James McAtee, but that's a big jump. And I think that's asking. No, I, I understand that, but, and the other thing too, while we're just you know wrapping up with with wingers, is to me if Mares and Palmer leave in a in a sale and hopefully a loan to to Germany for Palmer, Bernardo leaves. You have like we said, literally no right wingers. You have McAtee, sure, fine. It's, it's McAtee have... and Oscar Bob season. And then so on the left side, Jack Grealish doesn't have a backup because Phil Foden's going into midfield. So there's yeah. a situation where. You probably need a starting right winger and a backup left winger. There's talks, obviously, like you said, about Oscar Bob. I don't, I rate him, but I don't rate him for being an impact player for City this coming no. season. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> I think that's the position with the most interest. And we'll probably end up talking a lot about this summer because, right. you know, we'll, and maybe just Morris doesn't leave and then that gives McAtee a season to fully bet in. But it's, mm-hmm. uh, the, wing is the most interesting position because I think it's very dependent on what, else happens around it. And then also if Mares leaves, like that really does kind of blow the whole thing wide open. For sure. So with that, we're going to wrap up. So thanks for listening. Um, like we said, we've got a more in-depth look at uh, Jasko Gravardiol coming later this week. And then we also have um, a kind of end of the season awards, highlights, memories, kind of wrap up show um, coming on Friday. We've only got three episodes this week uh, as we kind of wind down and head into summer to kind of gear up and work on some really special, fun new content we're going to have coming your way next um, season. So with that, uh, Joe and I are probably signing off uh, for the next couple of weeks. So uh, enjoy the summer break. Continue to enjoy the signing or celebrating the treble. And uh, yeah, just enjoy the summer and the sunshine. Take care. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.